who does the Old Testament prophesy that the Messiah would be? Now this has to be a specific person from a specific lineage according to the Old Testament scriptures. And that's what we're going to be discussing today, Christ, Culture, and Coffee. This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hello, you are listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee, and I'm Tyler here with uh, Robbie Lashler. Hello. Yeah, we are about to get started again with our series on Jesus and yes. his lineage. Yeah, we're talking about prophecy this Advent season and, and the prophecies of the Old Testament that predicted who Jesus would be, what he would do, where he would be born, all of those right. things. But specifically today, we're going to be talking about who the Messiah would be as prophesied in the Old Testament. And then we're going to see, did Jesus actually fulfill that? Right. And last week we talked about the origin of prophecy and just the whole idea of what what its purpose is. And that's a really important episode to just uh, understand the concept of the importance mm-hmm. of this prophecy. Uh, so if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that episode so that way you can get up to speed uh, and just familiarize yourself with the the importance mm-hmm. of prophecy. And then uh, come and listen to this episode where today we're going to be getting into a bit more details behind messianic prophecy. Yeah, but before we do that, we want to remind you, please uh, join us on social media. We're on Instagram. You can join us on Facebook. Yep. We have an insiders group on Facebook that you could be a part of. Um, we would love for you to check out our YouTube channel. We're putting out short videos with quick uh, reference stuff and quick tips and uh, genealogy yeah, and theological yeah. things and, um, yeah, a whole, a whole bunch of stuff. So we'd love for you to check out our YouTube channel, just Christ Culture and Coffee on YouTube. Um, but we did want to make you aware, too, of our good friend Matt. If you go on our mm-hmm. YouTube channel, you will see an amazing sign that he made for us in the back of our uh, our, our room. Uh, it's made out of wood and metal. It's got our logo on it. It's really sweet. And we want to make you aware of him and what he does because this is the time of year to buy gifts for people you care about. Yes. And he makes awesome stuff. Tables, signs, you know, um, uh, planters, boxes, a whole ton of things. He's just super talented. Um, and so we want to encourage you to go check out his site. If, if you're on Instagram, you can check out SE Collective. Uh, there's no E at the end of collective, S-E collective, and uh, it stands for Squirrely Early Collective. You can go on there. You can see the stuff he does. You can order anything you'd want from him, uh, and I'm sure he would appreciate it. Now, again, he's local here to the Phoenix area. I'm not sure if his shipping policy is <laughs> across the, yeah, right. you know, the ocean. To We have people listening in New Zealand, actually, people in Europe, yeah, all people over in, Europe. Someone in Europe yeah. want a mug. Even across ca- to Canada. Believe yeah, it that's or not. right. That's it's right. crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but um, if you're out there and you would like to check out his stuff and purchase some things, we would highly encourage it. He's a great guy and he does great work. Yeah, he just does a, such a good job. And you can see it for yourself when you go onto our YouTube channel. Um, but make sure when you go on our YouTube channel, to not only just to check out the awesome sign in the background, make sure that you subscribe so you can follow mm-hmm. along with our content because we're, we're about to go big on YouTube with lots of new content. Yep. A, a lot of stuff that you're not able to get here on the podcast, actually. Yeah, short videos that are only up on YouTube. So we highly encourage you to go check those out. Yeah, so uh, please make sure that you follow us on all of our social media accounts and YouTube to keep up to date with what's happening. Yeah, well, let's get into the content for today's show. So we're talking about who does the Old Testament predict the Messiah would be. And there's a couple of things we want to talk about. The first is the Old Testament very, very early on predicts that there's this coming Messiah and he's going to be coming 
through a specific type of birth. Right. Now, I know a lot of people are familiar with the Isaiah passage about uh, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she'll call his name Emmanuel, right? However, uh, we we, we do want to mention that, but we want to go back further than that, all the way to Genesis chapter 3. Yes. Right at the curse, right? Right after Adam and Eve fell, disobeyed God, ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which they weren't supposed to, during the cursings, God predicts and tells us about this coming Messiah. This is awesome. So I want to read Genesis 3.15. Now this is in the cursing of Eve, and it says this, And I will put enmity between you, the serpent, and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him Mm. on the heel. Okay, I think I said that this was in the cursing to Eve. This is in the cursing to the serpent. Sorry about that. Yeah, right, right, yeah, right. The cursing to the serpent. Um, but he says, I'll put enmity between you and the woman. Yes. Now, this is fascinating. Between you and the woman. Not between you and Adam. Yeah, yeah. It's between you woman. and the woman and between your seed and her seed. This is fascinating. Her seed. It doesn't say her seeds, plural, yeah. It says her seed singular, which means mm. the one. Yeah. Right? That's Do you see what, that? Yes. That's very interesting. A lot of people refer to this uh, verse as the proto-evangelion, which is just a fancy way of saying the first gospel, right? Yeah. The that's early right. gospel, the first time that hope is mentioned as coming yeah. through and isn't that, the woman. And isn't that fascinating that it occurred after the first sin? Yes. The moment that man first fell. God gave hope. God gave hope and said, there's going to be one who comes who crushes the serpent. Yeah. This is beautiful. Now, what, what we want to point out here that's really interesting is it's, it, this promised singular seed to come is not said to be the seed of Adam. That's right. It's said to be her seed. That's, that's correct. Now, when we pair this with Isaiah 7.14, right? Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she'll call his name Emmanuel. Uh, Matthew says that this occurred with Mary, right? And, yeah. if, and, and many people are familiar, but if, if you read the beginning of Matthew, the beginning of Luke, and the birth narratives of Jesus, it's very obvious that the, Jesus was born of a woman who was a virgin. Yeah. Right? She says right. things like, how can this be? How can I be pregnant when I've never known a man? Right? That's right. Her yeah. and Joseph were engaged. They weren't married yet. She was a virgin. <laughs> so how can she become pregnant? Yeah. Well, right. it's interesting because the Old Testament predicted this in, I think, both of these passages. The Isaiah one's kind of blatant about predicting the virgin birth. And if you if you haven't really dived deep into Isaiah 7.14 and what's going on there with what Isaiah is saying to the king and, and what's all of this about, um, go back to last year. Last December, we did a podcast on yes. um, two virgin births. Are there two virgin births talked about in the Bible? And we really got in depth on what uh, Isaiah was saying to the king at the time and how this prophecy actually came true during the time of Isaiah, but yeah. it also was predicting a further truth of Jesus to come. Yeah, so it was kind of a two two birds with one stone kind of deal, basically. Yeah, and it's a really it's a complex argument, and we, we spent the whole show on it, but we'd yes. love for you to go <laughs> and check that out. But we see here in Genesis 3.15 that the promise of this seed who would crush the head of Satan was said to be from the woman, not the seed of Adam. Right. 
And yeah. I think this is predicting virgin birth. Yeah. And yeah. there's theological mm-hmm. significance to this, Tyler, because we know that R- Romans 5 says that um, sin was passed to all men, right? Through one man's sin, death spread to all men, right? Yeah. yeah. Through Adam, through his sin, death spread to everybody. And so the, the idea theologically is that you you inherit a sin nature from the dad. Yeah. That's why Jesus needed to be born of a woman, because he didn't inherit a sin nature. He didn't have that sin or death spread to him. He was perfect, and as our perfect sacrifice died in place of us so that we could be pardoned, so that we could be forgiven our sins. Yeah, that's right. And I, it's, I think it's amazing that all the way back in the first book of the Bible, in the third chapter, like you said, <laughs> right after the first sin, yeah, God's right, predicting, right after. I have a plan to fix this. Well, and it's so beautiful in the way that he does it, too, because in the way that it's written, because it, it's, it's not just... Like the cursings are not just for the sake of cursing. Like it shows that there's a purpose behind it too. It's it's to restore hope. It's like yeah, you you guys you messed up, right? Mm-hmm. Right. The first sin is committed, but he, but he gives hope immediately after. And so that that's just so cool. And then to build off of that and seeing all throughout the rest of history in the mm-hmm. Old Testament, we just see that God keeps reiterating this idea like hope yes. is like. And now, and and the crazy part to me is that there's this prediction of a virgin birth, which seems kind of like a crazy prediction. Yeah, it does. But then, and then that's what happens with Jesus. I know. Yeah. So you want to talk about last week? We we were looking at Nostradamus and like the vagueness of the words and how you twist them to be. This is so specific to the point that you can really argue from verb tenses, right? Seed, not seeds. Correct. Yeah. Um, we can press hard into these words that the real God wrote, and he comes through with the prophecy, which yes. I think is fascinating. Mm-hmm. So the, fir- the first point is, who's, who would the Messiah be according to the Old Testament? Well, first of all, he would have a specific birth type. He would be the seed of w- a woman, not of a man, of a woman. And then Isaiah tells us that a virgin will be with child, bear a son, and will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Yes. Jesus was literally God with us, as Matthew points out. This fulfilled that. So first point, specific type of birth. Yes, and so with that, um, we, we also want to get into the specific family type. Yeah, this, and again, yeah. this is narrowing it down even further, right? Narrowing it down even further to who this person is going to be. Yeah, and that's the whole idea of this. And again, we like we said last, uh, like in the last episode, this isn't like the with the vagueness of Nostradamus no. prophecies. Like this is very specific, and it's not just birth type with prophecies of how Jesus would be born, but what family Jesus would be born from. Yeah. And so with that, we have uh, passages, uh, I mean, just to name a few, we have um, Gen- Genesis chapter uh, 12, 3, uh, 18, 17 through 18, and then we have uh, 22, 18, which talks about Jesus be- being, I mean, the Messiah coming from the seed of Abraham. Yeah, and these are the promises that God made to Abraham where he told him, I'm going to give yes. you a whole bunch of nations from, and he's specific about it coming from his wife, Sarah. Yeah, yeah, through Sarah, right. and he says, "How can that be? She's been barren. We've never had a child. She's old, right? Yeah, they were both old." And so he says, "No, I'm going to give you a whole ton of descendants from Sarah. I'm going to give you a specific land, and there's going to come a specific seed who's going to be a blessing to all the nations of the world." Yeah, this is the Messiah. This is Jesus. That's right. right. Yeah, but yeah, let's read. I want to read Genesis 22:18, which says this. This is yes. the promise of God to Abraham. In your seed, 
all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Seed, yeah. do you see that again? Singular. Yeah. Not plural, not not in your family. In there's going to be coming this specific seed and through him all nations, all peoples of the world will be blessed. So yes. Jesus is predicted to come specifically through the lineage of Abraham. But it gets even more specific. Yeah, and uh, yeah, with that, it's just, it's crazy. We even see that not after Abraham, it just that God predicts that will not predict. He's prophesying mm-hmm. also that with that, but he will be a descendant of Isaac. Yes, and Isaac specifically, right? Because you remember what happens yes. with Abraham and and Sarah. Yeah, he ended up not obeying God, and he he did, he doubted God. He doubted God. She doubted God because he like, yeah. "Hey, I'm old. There's no way we're gonna have a kid. Why don't you sleep with our slave girl yeah. and have a kid?" That's probably what God meant, right? <laughs> Yeah. And he goes, okay, uh, and yeah. he does, and then God's like, no, like, uh, no, I told you, it's through Sarah, not through Hagar, your yeah. slave girl. No, through Sarah, I'm going to fulfill this promise. But they didn't believe him. But this is specifically what what God says. Yes. So if we look at um, Genesis 17, 17 through 21, it says, Then Abraham fell on his face, and he laughed, and he said in his heart, Will a child be born to a man 100 years old? And will Sarah, who's 90 years old, bear a child? And let's be honest, that's laughable. That is, yeah. A 90-year-old woman getting pregnant? Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. But this is the the angel of the Lord, who I think was a pre-incarnate Christ, was there and was talking to him, telling him this in, in Genesis 17 and 18. Yeah, yeah. And he laughs at him and says, come on, that's too hard to believe. Verse 18 of chapter 17, Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael may live before you. That's the kid he had with the slave girl. Yeah, that's right. right. And in verse 19, it says, But God said, No, but Sarah, your wife, will bear you a son, and you'll call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. As for Ishmael, I've heard you. Behold, I'll bless him, and I'll make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall become the father of twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation. But... My covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you at this season next year. Yeah. And then it happens. So the promise, the covenant, the everlasting covenant is not going to come through Ishmael. It's going to come through Isaac. Yeah. Specific family. Abraham, now another specific. Not Ishmael, Isaac. But it gets even more specific about who the Messiah is going to come through. Yeah. And so with that, we even see that. It says that he's going to be a descendant of Jacob. Okay, so what happens with with okay? So Abraham has Ishmael by his slave girl Hagar. Right. God yeah. says no. I told you by Sarah. So he eventually does have Isaac with Sarah. Yeah. So the promise is going to come through Isaac, and then Isaac has how many kids? Uh, gosh, I think he has two yeah. sons, right? Yeah, that's that's the thing. He has two sons, and so Jacob then through and that, with them, it comes through Jacob. He says specifically, no, it's going to come after that. It's going to come through Jacob. So it gets even more specific. Yes, it's so crazy. And so you see, uh, it says in Genesis twenty-eight one through four. So Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said to him, "You shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Paddan Aram." to the house of Bethel, to your mother's father, and from there to take yourself a wife from the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may become a company of peoples. May he also give you the blessings of Abraham to you and to your descendants with you, that you may possess the land of your saunderings with 
which God gave to Abraham. So okay, you can, see yeah. that, yeah. The promises of Abraham apply to you, Jacob. Yes, so so that's what we see. It's being passed on mm-hmm. to Jacob. Not to, not to Esau. And we know from other yes. passages right. that even before they were born, God said that the older would serve the younger. Yeah. That Jacob right. was the one who was going to have these promises. Okay, yes. so yes. Abraham gets the promise, and then a specific son, Isaac, not Ishmael. And then you have Isaac having... Jacob and Esau. Jacob is chosen out of those, not Esau, who would become the, um, his descendants were the Edomite people, right? Yeah, right. But it's not him. It's Jacob, whose name gets changed to what? Israel. Remember? God changes Jacob's name to Israel. This is the descendant. This is the nation that I'm going to bring about my promises to. And then Ishmael, or not Ishmael, Isaac, Israel, has 12 sons. And we know yeah, they, right. those 12 sons eventually become the 12 tribes of Israel, right? Yes. So now right. the question becomes, okay, through which of the 12 sons of Jacob slash Israel is the Messiah going to come? Yeah, because that's where it's like it gets even more specific. And you'd, you'd automatically think the oldest. Wrong. Mm. <laughs> okay, what about the second oldest? No. Third? Mm-mm. <laughs> what? what is going on here? Like this doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, it goes to Judah. Judah. Why Judah, right? Why does it go to Judah? This is interesting, okay? So let me read Genesis 49, 8 through 10. God says, Judah, your brothers shall praise you. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's son shall bow down to you. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He couches, he lies down as a lion. And as a lion, who dares rouse him? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. This is really great because this is predicted of Judah before the Exodus, before the people go out into the wilderness, before Moses leads them, you know, to to the Jordan River, yeah, this is and before jo- Joshua takes them into the land, so it's talking about there's going to become a coming ruler who comes from the tribe of Judah, and the other brothers will serve the tribe of Judah. Yeah. So this is very specific. Right. Abraham, Isaac, not Ishmael. Isaac has Jacob and Esau. It's not Esau; it's Jacob. Jacob has twelve sons, and the specific one prophesied to have this blessing, to have this ruler come out of them, is Judah. Right and 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 yeah. often called the Lion of Judah, which according to this, <laughs> this passage, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. But it gets even more specific. It does. It does. With that, it also says that he will be a descendant of King David in Second Samuel. And isn't it good that King David was from the tribe of Judah? Yeah, yeah, he had to be because, right? because yeah. that's the predictions, right? And so with this now, what's crazy about this? King David, it, it changes. A bit of the history here, because you got—I mean—of the lineage is what you're, we're seeing. Because now that—that's saying—that's implying that the Messiah will come from a royal heritage mm-hmm. throughout. And it throughout was prophesied history. that the royal lineage would come from the tribe of Judah, which yeah. is what King David was from, and King Solomon, and all their descendants who were rulers over Judah. Yeah. Now Saul was from the tribe of Benjamin. Remember that? That's right. But the lineage of the established kingdom comes through Judah. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, exactly. And so it's just so fascinating that we see this other piece fitting in. And so we see it says in Second Samuel uh, chapter seven, twelve through thirteen, 
when your days are complete and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your descendants after you, your descendant after you, who will come forth from you, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be a father to him, and he will be a son to me. When he commits iniquity, I will correct him with the rod of men and the strokes of son of men. But my loving kindness shall not depart from him, as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed before you. Yep, so this is the Davidic covenant passage. This is where God's making a promise to David that he will establish the throne of David's lineage forever. Yes. And so this is what gets important about this. Um, We have very, very specific family that that the Messiah is supposed to come from, from Abraham to Isaac, from Isaac to Jacob, from Jacob to Judah, and from the tribe of Judah, David. Yeah. Okay? So this is narrowing down who the Messiah can be. It can't just be any descendant of Abraham. It can't just be any descendant of Isaac. It can't be any descendant of Jacob. And it can't be any descendant of Judah. It has to be a descendant of David, who was from the tribe of Judah, who was born of Isaac, who was born, or who was born of Jacob, who was born of Isaac, who was born of Abraham. Yes, it keeps going this back. This does not yeah. sound like Nostradamus. <laughs> like, no. This is so no, no, specific, no, no, no. right? And yeah. so when we when we turn well, to the genealogies yeah. of Matthew and Luke, we see that Jesus was in fact from this lineage. Yes, that's right. And the thing is, too, with that, we got to look, even with one of these prophecies of it coming from one person is more specific than Nostradamus. Yeah. Oh, big Looking at this. Yeah. Like, like they, those prophecies are so vague. And other prophecies, not just from him, but from other Yeah, the prophecies, prophecies. of Nostradamus are like, a guy from the East is going to rise. Yeah. What does that even mean, man? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, anyone can interpret that, however. But this yes. is specific because it's telling you exactly what's going to happen. Yep. Like, and exa- like details. And, and almost yeah. how to watch for it, right? That's the other thing, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the case. And so so just getting into these details, we can see that it's it's so complex and it's it's almost like you can't make this up. It's impossible to make it up and yeah. for it to just get get a lucky guess. Yeah, no, it's too specific for it to be luck or coincidence. There's too many variables mathematically for mathematically, it to be coincidence. Yeah. yeah. And that's and that's what Jesus uh, that's what God is trying to establish with us is listen, I'm telling you, I know what's going to happen. I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah, I, I, my yeah. words are valid. You should listen to me because I'm foretelling all these specifics that are going Going to happen. And that's what we find with, with Jesus, right? Yeah. When we go to the lineage of Matthew and of Mary, he comes from D- Abraham, who was who then had Isaac. He comes from Isaac. He comes from Jacob. He comes from Judah. He comes from David. Yeah, that's All right. of these promises were legitimate. All of these predictions came true in the person of Jesus. I mean, in fact, remember when, when Jesus... Um, had to, where he was born, right? And there's a prophecy, we're going to talk about that in Micah 5, about Mm -hmm. where he was going to be born. But why did he have to go back to Bethlehem? Because his his dad and mom, Joseph and Mary, were from Nazareth, right? Why did they have to travel down to Bethlehem? There was a census, and everybody had to go back to the town of their fathers. Yeah, that's right. The town where their family's from. Mm Mm-hmm. Mary and Joseph had to go to Bethlehem because it's the city of who? David. David. That's who they yeah. were. That's who they were related to. That was their lineage. I mean, this all, you see how it all, like, um, all these predictions and all these prophecies 
come to fruition in yeah. Jesus. It's fascinating. Yeah, right? it's fascinating. It's it's so cool. And then um and then but with that, real quick, let's take a quick break just to hear a word from our sponsor. Uh, just uh, again, we've been talking about this for the past few weeks, but with the book with um by D. A. Horton. Uh, if you go ahead and uh, give this a listen about this book about on racism and dealing with it culturally from a Christian perspective, uh, we really appreciate it. Stop saying reconciliation. Stop saying racism. Reconciliation implies that diverse groups of people were at one time at a point of conciliation, but that hasn't been the case. As the people of God, we are the only humans who have experienced true reconciliation. There is no one better to enter this tension with hope and solutions. What does God say about racism? In the Bible, he addresses it, but it's not our 21st century Americanized version of racism. He gets at the core, the sin of partiality. And when we really understand that, we can learn how to embrace our kingdom ethnicity and teach others to do the same. Read Intentional by D.A. Horton as he breaks down how God addresses these issues and the practical guidance for where we go from there. Following Jesus holistically means holding in tension our unique ethnic heritages while being part of a new humanity. Go to dahorton.com to learn more about Intentional. Okay, thank you for listening to that word from our sponsor. Uh, So uh, just getting back to these details on... Uh, messianic prophecy. We want to we want to get a little further because yes, we just uh, just recap a little. We just now talked about how he comes from the the lineage of David, right? The house mm-hmm. of David. And further evidence of that was because when the census occurred, they went back to Bethlehem because they were of the lineage of David. Yes. Yes. Yep. And that's yeah. And we're going to talk about in in uh, the coming weeks about Jesus being specifically yeah, born at a specific. Well, and something place. that's crazy. I think we talked about this in last year's podcast too. But um, uh, something that's interesting is both Joseph and Mary come from the lineage of David. Yeah, they do. And that's where um, if you look at, uh, we're not going to get in detail. In right. This, right. But if you look at the lineage of Jesus in Matthew and the lineage of Jesus in Luke, they're different. Yes, that's After right. After David, they're di- they're completely different. Yes. And so people have questioned for a long time, like, okay, so who doesn't know where Jesus came from? What's the deal here? Right. Well, I think that the way to reconcile it is that Matthew, which is a very Jewish book, mm-hmm. which is very much about the coming king, I think Matthew's genealogy was traced through Jesus' legal yes. status through Joseph, his right. legal dad, even though it wasn't his physical dad, yeah, his legal dad, that's who Matthew's genealogy came through. And Luke's was traced through Jesus' physical lineage through his mom, yes. Mary. But how cool is that, too? I mean, j- just think of that for a second, just that this was fulfilled not just through his blood birth through Mary, mm-hmm. but through his adopted birth through his father. Like, yeah. from his adopted father. Legal right and Legal, physical yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, so it's... It, it's just it's amazing because it amazing. all of these bases yep. are covered. Yep. So yeah, so that's just something uh, that I just wanted to quickly 
um, specified. Yeah, and if you do want to listen to more about that, you can go to uh, last December. I'm pretty sure that the episode was called Is Jesus Lineage a Hoax? Yes. And you can get into the details of why we believe Luke is Mary's genealogy and why we believe Matthew is Joseph's genealogy. Yes, but that's just something really important to pinpoint with this whole prophecy element. It's because it's cool because it's fulfilled both ways. Yeah, yeah they so both so were from David. They both were from that lineage. Right. So. And so so with that, not only though did um Jesus the, the Messiah have to come from uh the house of David, he also had to be a specific being, which yeah, is the, be and God. Th- this is yeah, this yeah. is really cool, you know, because there's there's people who believe Jesus was the Messiah, but he's not God. There's people who don't believe he was the Messiah and don't believe he was God, and then there's us Christians who believe he was the Messiah and he was God, right? Yeah, right, right. <clears throat> well, did the Old Testament predict that the Messiah to come would be God? And again, I would say yes, it did. Yeah, and that, and again, we just spent a whole series on the Trinity, and uh, part two of that series was on Jesus being God, right? Yeah, part two, part two. That's right. That's what we called it. <laughs> um, so, if you want to check that out, you can on all the reasons we think that Jesus claimed to be God, and the New Testament makes that claim. Yes, but the Old Testament predicted that the coming Messiah would, in fact, be God. I want to read to you from Isaiah nine six through seven, and this is a very well known prophecy about the Messiah. Yes. And and your non-Christian friends will know it because it's a Christmas-sounding prophecy. We mm-hmm. sing it in songs. We hear it in Christmas movies. People know this. So yep. this is a really great opportunity for you to take advantage of our culture and talk with your friends about, do you know where that, that verse comes from? Do you know where that saying comes from? Yeah. It's very right. important. So let me read Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. It says, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. <clears throat> so a child will be born... Yeah. Son, so specific, child mm-hmm. who's going to be male, and the government will rest on his shoulders, so he's going to be a ruling type person. Uh, it talks about how he'll sit on the throne of David, right? So he's a descendant of David, which we've talked about why yes. that was needed. <clears throat> but his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Yeah. It predicts that this child to come to be born, to sit on the throne of David, David will be called Mighty God. Yeah, mighty that's right. God. Now again, people always focus on. Mighty I think like the, the Prince of Peace thing gets a lot of hype, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, right. <clears throat> but but the Messiah was prophesied in Isaiah to be called Mighty God, and that's exactly who Jesus was. Now again, yeah. going to the this Micah five two prophecy, we don't want to we don't want to really um, focus on the where in this, but what it says after. This is another familiar prophecy. Um, Micah yes, five right. two says, "But as for you, Bethlehem Epathra, too too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you one will go forth for me to be a ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity." Mm. Now, we usually focus on, see, this is predicting Jesus would be born in Bethlehem, which it is. Yes. But for this podcast, we want to focus on who it says this, this Messiah is going to be. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. Mm. Wait, <clears throat> there's going to be one who's born in Bethlehem. 
whose goings forth are from long ago, from the days from of the eternity. days of eternity. From the day, what is eternal? God, God. alone. That's, That's it. it right? Yeah. So it, it, this Micah five two is literally saying that God in the flesh is going to come. Yeah. God is going to be born, and he's going to come yeah. in Bethlehem, be a ruler, and he's he's the eternal God. Yeah, yeah. And we couple that with what Isaiah says that he'll be called Mighty God. That's exactly what happened in Jesus. And we, and we yes. talked about all the ways that he claimed to be God and people believed he was God and worshiped him as God and things. But this is what was predicted. So we've, we've got a specific being, God in the flesh, from a specific family born of a virgin birth of woman specifically. And this has been predicted since the very beginning of Scripture. <clears throat> this is a powerful argument, right? Moses wrote the book of Genesis um, about events way earlier than his lifetime, right? Yeah, but he wrote right. the Pentateuch, so that's around 1400 that that was penned. And then you have Isaiah around the 700s, um, yeah. a little before 722, um, writing his book that predicts this, right? So we've got this, we've got this history of predicted prophecy. Yeah, and it's, that it's thing gets crazy. fulfilled in Jesus, and it's so specific because again, when you take all of these details, that's that's really pinpointing a specific person, and this is just based off the birth. This yeah, is just this based is just, off the birth, and that's and that's what we want to focus on first is yeah. the birth and who. Then we want to get into the when and the where, and then we want to get into the and what was this guy going to do? Right, right. And there's so many prophecies that all get fulfilled in this one person, Jesus. What are the odds of one person fulfilling all of these prophecies? Oh gosh, <clears throat> that's I, a question yeah. we've got to answer, right? Yeah, and I've I've heard of I've actually heard of mathematical. Uh, possibilities of this and like it, I've seen like that's just insane yeah like, that it's, it's probably very improbable for somebody to fulfill like all 10 of, of them right yeah, yeah. Well, well yeah well, not even all of them let's think about this what are the odds of one person fulfilling all of Nostradamus's prophecies oh that's a good question <laughs> there's right? a lot we, we just made up one that could have happened yeah. Well, uh, well, the Nostradamus stuff is just it's first of all it's so vague you couldn't know probably. Yeah. But yeah. but to have hundreds of prophecies fulfilled in one person seems like whoever prophesied about it knew what was going to happen. And that's exactly the claim of the Bible. God knew what was going to happen. So yes. we should listen to him because he's proven to us that he's legitimate and real through the prophecies foretelling the future. And then us seeing in retrospect that what he said was going to happen did happen. Yes, absolutely. And that, that's the whole idea of this entire series. Again, we want to be uh, equipping you guys to understand uh, what the importance is behind prophecy. And then with that, we also want to establish that Jesus is the fulfillment of these important prophecies. And so with that, uh, take this information that you've been learning from this and share it with people. Use it. In cultural, in the, the cultural relevance of Christmas right now, mm -hmm. and uh, we want you to be able to be equipped to defend your faith and be able to be confident in your faith. And so that's the goal of this podcast. And so we want you to be studying this and knowing the prophecies and sharing it with people. And look at, and then also get that spark of ins of excitement back in you with. Mm -hmm. uh, like, like, feel the weight of how crazy that it is that these prophecies came to pass. Like, it, yeah. it's really insane. It's, it's a so reason crazy. to believe in God. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a very good reason to believe in God. It's a, it's a great reason to believe in God because you have evidence. It's it's full on evidence that God gave us mm -hmm. to fulfill 
the statements he made about himself and thus proving himself to us. Yep, and we can test yeah. it with reality. We can test yeah. it with history. I love that about the real God because it's not some story in a galaxy far, far away. It's not something that we just take on faith. That's dumb. Yeah. We can believe, and, and I have faith in the God of the Bible. I trust in the God of the Bible because he's proven he's trustworthy. Yes, There's right. real evidence that I can dig and sink my teeth into to understand who he is and what he's done. And that's one of the reasons that he wrote this book over thousands of years. Right, right? yeah. Because he wants us to see his acts in history, including prophecy, including patience and love towards Israel, right? Mm -hmm. Including fulfilling the promise he made to Abraham, even when the Israelites kept going back on their promises they made. He yeah, wants us to right. see who he is through history. So studying the Old and New Testament is very important for us as Christians in order to see who God is based on how he's operated with human beings through yes. history. Yeah, and so um, just again, just hope that this uh, episode has been encouraging to you and uh, just puts you kind of in the Christmas spirit of the real Christmas spirit of realizing um, the truth behind why we should be celebrating Christmas and uh, mm -hmm. remembering uh, the gift that God has given to us through Absolutely. the Absolutely, and I, and I would challenge our listeners because this is important for us to do. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you can think, okay, well, you know, this is really cool because I'm a Christian and I've got these prophecies and it's good to study. It yeah. is. Um, but, you know, Buddhists probably have a bunch of these predictions and Muslims probably have a bunch of these prophecies and Mormons. <laughs> and No, they don't. They don't. Go investigate what their claims are. Go look into these other supposed holy books and yeah. these other religions and see if they have anything close to what we have fulfilled in Jesus. Even, they yeah, don't. Religious or non-religious, any other prophecies that I've ever seen have been nothing like what we see through the Bible. Nothing. Not, there's not as many. And the, the fulfillment, if, if there is, is so vague and so weak that you go, I don't know if that's really what it was talking about. Or if it was even a prophecy to begin with or just a vague yeah. Overseeing. Or sometimes you can just see they were blatantly false, like yeah, we've talked about yeah. in the past. So I would encourage you, if if you find some really great, phenomenally fulfilled prophecies in other religions, I would love to hear yes, about it. Yes, please let us know. I've never found yeah. any. I've never I found either. any that weren't more than a good guess, a farmer's almanac type thing. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen. Yeah, yeah. And so what we have in Scripture, again, over 300 prophecies that Jesus fulfilled in his first coming. More promised about what he's going to fulfill in his second coming, which I can trust in because, man, how did he fulfill all that in the first place? That's because he's God. Because God predicted prior to him coming that he was going to do these things so that we can have confidence in who he is and yes. trust in his message. And that's, that's what we want to do. We want to instill hope and excitement and a deeper faith based on good reason and evidence that our God has left us because he's a good God who doesn't just say, trust me, but says, I'm going to show you why you should trust me. That's yes. who we serve, and that's the one we're worshiping, and we are excited about anticipating this Christmas season. That's the whole reason we're celebrating, because God came here, as predicted, to love us, to die for us, and to save us from ourselves and from our sin. It's such a beautiful, yeah. true story. Yeah, and so uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, please be back next week to hear the rest of this series that we're talking about, Prophecy. Thanks for listening.
Thanks for listening to Christ Culture and Coffee. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to help us reach more people.